Welcome to First Importance, the official podcast of the preaching and teaching ministries of First Baptist Church, West Memphis, Arkansas. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and encouraged today by this message. We've been talking as we've gathered throughout on Wednesday nights. We've missed the last two, but we've been talking about personal evangelism and the incredible importance uh, that that discipline plays in the life of a believer. It is so incredibly important that each and every one of us be personal evangelists, that you not leave that for the pastor or for some professional who comes through and preaches, but that each and every one of us are responsible to proclaim the gospel, to share the gospel with those who are around us. Romans chapter 10, begin reading in verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Over the last several weeks, we've looked at why. What are our motivations? What are some musts? And tonight and next week, I want us to look at the method that we ought to use as believers, the soul winner's method. Just a reminder that this is taken directly from Dr. B. Gray Allison's book, a textbook on personal evangelism. If you uh, want to order those, I have already one or two already, <coughs> excuse me, on order. <clears throat> if you're interested in having one of those books, come to me after service and I'll put your name on the list of people who've already uh, placed an order. But tonight we're going to look at the soul winner's Method. Let's pray and ask God to bless this time we have together. Father in heaven, as we come uh, to study your word and as we come to study this discipline of personal evangelism, I pray that you would burden all of our hearts in here to be obedient to your command to go and make disciples of all the nations. I pray that we would not uh, be passive in this, I pray that we wouldn't be people who say, well, we pay our missionaries, we pay our preacher, we pay uh, through the cooperative program to have people share the gospel, but I pray that each member in here would be burdened to be obedient to your command. And Father, I pray you'd give us a burden for the lost, for those who are perishing, for those who are going to spend an eternity away from you, burden our hearts so that we would be obedient to this command and share the gospel. And Lord, I pray that your spirit would go ahead of us and that we would see men and women, boys and girls saved. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, it was one of my personal goals uh, uh, to have Dr. Allison uh, in a seminary. I got to have him my first year, first class. <clears throat> and I'm going to share with you uh, the Soul Winner's Method today from Dr. Allison's textbook on personal evangelism. If you're taking notes, number one today, if you are going to be an effective personal witness, a soul winner, I want you to know this. You do need to claim God's promise of wisdom. You do need to claim God's promise for wisdom. Now, I don't want 
to uh, insult anyone here today. I can look around this room and see there's a lot of wisdom in this room. I, I, I know a few folks in here who have more wisdom than others. Huh? Some of us, I'm the others, okay? I'm low down on that list. If you go to share the gospel in your own wisdom, what's going to happen? You're going to fail. You're going to fail. Do you want to know why you're going to fail? Because you are not made to rely upon your own wisdom. What is the basis on which God has commanded us to go and to proclaim the gospel to all nations? What's the basis on which we're to do that? Right. Jesus' name, his authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Go. If you go to proclaim the gospel to your next door neighbor, to your friend, to your co-worker, if you go to be a personal witness to those people in your own wisdom, you're going to fail. Even if you can get them to pray a prayer with the words right after you, you are going to fail. And if you're cowering back as a believer and you say, Josh, I don't have the wisdom, you're in the perfect place. You're right where God wants you. He doesn't want you to rely upon your own wisdom. If you're going to be an effective soul winner, you should claim God's promise of wisdom. Daniel chapter 12 in verse 3, the scripture says that those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. It's a wise thing for you brothers and sisters, to lay, aside your, uh, to lay aside your reputation and what others think about you and to go and proclaim the gospel. James 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Have you ever been nervous when you're going to share the gospel? God lays someone on your heart, you've been nervous, Lord, almost, what's the, almost the first thing you'll always say? For me, I don't know what to say. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. How many, how many blessings in your life have been forfeited because you went and did something in your own wisdom and you didn't ask God for wisdom? You should ask God for wisdom. When you're going to proclaim the gospel, Lord, I'm asking you, please, as I go to tell my friend about you, would you go ahead of me and give me wisdom and give me the right words to say? If you're going to be a successful soul winner, you do need to claim God's promise for wisdom. He's promised it to you. Okay, this isn't name it, claim it, but he's promised it to you. Ask for it in believing and know that he will give you his wisdom. Secondly, do, do claim God's promise of deliverance from fear. You, as you're going to proclaim the gospel, you do need to pray and ask God for wisdom. But we also need to be praying, asking God for deliverance from fear. Sharing the gospel is a very frightening thing. I don't know why it is that way. We can talk about just about anything without, well, some of us can. I know that I can walk into a room. We just talk about anything. But when it comes to the gospel, what happens? We get a little timid, don't we? What are they going to think about me? 
Maybe you're, you're kind of scared, am I going to mess it up? Am I going to say the wrong thing? You get scared. And what I'm asking you to do, believers, if you want to be an effective soul winner, is to, is to claim God's promise for deliverance from fear. Don't you know that God does not want us to be fearful of the things of this world? I've heard it said that, that, that over uh, 365 times in the Bible, uh, it, it is said, do not fear. It's mentioned over 365 times in the Bible, just enough times for you to quote one every day and say, I don't have to fear. I don't need to fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Now, there's a, there's a place for fear. There's a place for reverence. If I fear man, I'm going to try to please man, right? If I fear God and respect God, I'm going to try to please God. If you're going to be an effective soul winner, I'm telling you today, what we have to do is we have to claim God's promise for deliverance from fear. Do you think that the men and women uh, who were entering into the promised land were a little afraid? I think so. I think, I think that they became even more afraid when the plan of the leader in waiting the plan that he conveyed to them for Jericho is, hey, guys, we're going to walk around the walls of Jericho. Do you think that some of them went, we picked the wrong guy? God picked the wrong guy. We've got the spears. We've been waiting. Uh, we've got the spears. We've got everything. We know how to fight. Let us go in there. Let's trick them out, out of the walls. Let's, let's uh, do a tunnel underneath. But your plan is to walk around the walls silently? Do you think there was some fear on that day? I'd bet, I'd bet if I were a betting man, I'd bet there was. But you know what? They didn't have to fear, did they? Because God had already written it out. It's already going to take place. Listen, you don't have to be afraid when you go and share the gospel. And I'm not just saying that because, yes, God has already taken care of everything. That's true. But God's promised you deliverance from fear. He's not giving you a spirit of fear. Before you go and share the gospel, say, Lord, forgive me of my fear. That fear is very fleshly of me. I should not be afraid of sharing the gospel, sharing Jesus with somebody that I love. Lord, please forgive me and deliver me from my fear. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. If you want to be an effective gospel witness, don't be fearful. Go to God and repent of that fear and ask him for deliverance from fear. Do claim God's promise of wisdom. Do claim God's promise of deliverance from fear. Number three, do watch for opportunities to witness. Do look. Be looking for opportunities to share the gospel with those who are around you. Josh, when should I be doing that? All the time. All the time, we ought to be looking for opportunities to share the gospel. Uh, my brother loves to hunt. He loves to hunt. And we were driving down the interstate one day. It was early one morning. 
And I was, I was driving. He said, Josh, look over there and see all those deer on the side of the road. And I looked over, and I couldn't see them. He said, look closer. Look over there. You can see those deer on the side of the road there in the grass right next to the trees. And I looked, and the more that I began to look, I could see them. But they're camouflaged with the way that they, uh, they just kind of blend into the environment. How did you see them? He said, well, Josh, I was looking for them. You know, I wonder how many opportunities are missed because you're not and we are not looking for them, looking for opportunities to share the gospel. Jesus tells us to wait upon him. The Bible tells us to wait upon the Lord. The Lord, the Lord is good to those who wait upon him, Jeremiah says in the book of Lamentations. But with regards to the lost, we are to go, go. You're to be looking for opportunities. We're to be looking for opportunities. The Bible says of Jesus in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 that the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Are you seeking out the lost who are around you? Are we seeking out the lost who are around us? People are perishing every day. People are dying and going to spend an eternity away from Jesus. This is the one shot that they have, the one chance that's been laid before them. Are you going to be a witness for the gospel to them? Or are you going to be a hindrance? Be looking for opportunities. Number four, do use the word. Do use the word. I think it's important to share your testimony when you share the gospel. I think it's important for you to use your testimony. Tell what Jesus did in your life. But do you know, more so than what has happened in your life, what will pierce the heart of the unbeliever is the very Word of God. Why is it important for you to study the Bible? Why is it important for you to meditate upon God's Word, to store it up in your heart? Why is it important to do those things? Because when it comes to sharing the gospel, the, the Word has a, a unique power. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 13, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from its sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we, we must give an account. When you're going to share the gospel, I want to encourage you, store up God's word in your heart. Maybe, maybe you're struggling with scripture memory. Carry your Bible with you. Carry your New Testament with you. Go in there and highlight John 3.16, Romans 3.23. We'll look at some more of the methods next week. Go in and highlight those areas so that whenever you share the gospel with someone, you can pull out the Bible and you can say, you know, God saved me because God loved me. God loves you, John 3.16. Here it says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God's word pierces the heart of the unbeliever in a way that your words can't. So when you share the gospel, do use the word.
All right, if you're taking notes, we are now on point number five. And I gotta say, I'm moving along pretty nicely here. Number one, do claim God's promise of wisdom. Number two, do claim God's promise of deliverance from fear. Number three, do watch for opportunities to witness. Number four, do use the word. Number five, do go as a friend who has something good to share. Of all the things uh, that Dr. Allison taught me in seminary, and I'm thankful to be one of, oh man, I can't imagine how many people have been influenced by the life of Dr. B. Gray Allison, a personal evangelist. This one, one message stood out to me just about as, as, uh, uh, more, as much as anything else that he said. Do go as a friend who has something good to share. Don't go as an unwilling soldier. You know, sincerity can be fake, Faked, but resistance is hard to hide. Don't go begrudgingly. Uh, you know, uh, Bo and Bell are at a stage where they love one, one another in one moment, and then they just seem to hate one another in the next moment. And boy, they say all kinds of things to one another and, uh, and will occasionally escalate even further than that if we can't get to it in time. But, you know, we always stop them and we make them apologize. Go tell your brother you're sorry. And many times when you say that, what do they do? I'm sorry, Bo. I'm sorry, Bill. Begrudgingly, not sincerely. Now, we've got to teach them, as their parents, how to do things that are not in a way that's begrudgingly. You know, that's not the right way to phrase that. But how not to, how not to do things unwillingly, how to be sincere. But many times, people who do uh, share the gospel will go in a way that's begrudging. And that kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? You're here because it's just obligation. Now, I... I love the Lord. I've served him for many years now. He's been so gracious and forgiving uh, uh, to me. I go and share the gospel, number one, because he commanded me to do so. Number one, he's my Lord. He's my master. He's my savior. It concerns me that people are lost, and that should motivate me. But first and foremost, what motivates me is the one who died for me, the one who gave me a new life, the one who saved me, who I have called upon as Lord, has commanded me to go. And if he has commanded me to go, go, I must. Go, we must. But don't go as a soldier who's just been given orders begrudgingly. I'm here because he told me to, and I don't want to be here. Go as a, you don't, don't go as a salesman. You're not trying to sell anything. You're not trying to peddle anything. Go as a friend who has something good to share. Have you ever shared with a friend some good news? Oh, I've got some good news that I want to share with my friends. Anytime I have good news, I, I, I want to I wanna find somebody to share it with. i got a big mouth. I'll never forget we first found out that Sarah was with a child. We were told that we would not be able to have children, and yet we had found out that God had blessed us. And Sarah told me, she said, Now, Josh, don't tell anyone. Not yet. Not yet. 
And I said, oh, absolutely, darling, absolutely. And it was not 24 hours before my lips could not contain it. I remember Brother Billy Beach being the first person. I think Brother Billy was the first person I told. If not, my lips were a lot more unreliable than I thought they were. But I couldn't wait to tell the good news. I wanted to share with my friends the good news. When you go to share the gospel, go as a friend who has some good news to share. Hey, as your friend, I want you to know God's saved me. He's changed my life. And I want to share with you this good news. You don't have to live life aimlessly. You don't have to be on the fast track to hell. God can save you. He loves you. I got some good news to share. That's what we have as a church. Go as a friend, someone who cares. If you go as someone who doesn't care, who's just going to share something, go with someone who genuinely cares about the eternal well-being of someone who is around. Go as a friend who has something good to share. Number six, I think this is very good practical advice from Dr. Allison. Do deal with only one soul at a time. Of course, we're talking about personal evangelism here tonight. We're not talking about impersonal evangelism. Do deal with only one soul at a time. As best as you can help it, try to share the gospel with one person at a time. If you go in and, and you're sharing the gospel with a friend, their whole family is there, I want you to zone in on one person on that one person, and I want you to share the gospel with them one-on-one -on -one. because what's going to happen is the temptation is to wholesale this. Now, I preach every Sunday, and I extend an invitation, and it might seem hypocritical to say so. There's a time and a place for the preaching of the gospel uh, from uh, the man of God to God's people, but when you're going to proclaim the gospel to a friend, do so one at a time because Here's some practical advice and some wisdom. You may have a group of people there, and you share the gospel with all of them all at once, and they may even pray your prayer, but not one of them understand or be saved because you spoke to all of them. There may be some questions that they wanted to ask that they didn't ask because they felt uncomfortable. Or maybe one said yes, and all the rest of them just followed in behind because they wanted to be just like the other person. Do deal with only one soul at a time, if at all possible. Deal with one soul at a time. Do avoid argument. Number seven, do avoid argument. Does anyone in here like to debate? No? Some of us do. Okay? We like to debate. It's an easy trap to fall into. You go to share the gospel with somebody, and they say, yeah, but what about this? And the temptation is for you to debate that person. Now, I'm all for a good, healthy debate, especially amongst believers when there's doctrines at play that we want to talk about, that we want to understand more fully. But when you're sharing the gospel, don't take the bait when it comes to argument. You're not going to argue someone into the kingdom of heaven. Avoid argument. You may have someone that that's all they want to do. They want to pick a fight. They want to get a rise out of you. They want to get you back on your heels, right? They want to get you in a place where you're not sharing the gospel. You're just defending this, that, or the other, or you're changing, uh, uh, you're changing the plan altogether. 
Do avoid argument if at all possible. When you're sharing the gospel, avoid argument. You can win an argument but lose the soul. Avoid argument if, if at all possible. Number eight, do show patience. Do show patience. I was sharing the gospel with a fellow in Bismarck, Arkansas one time. Uh, and this is, I'm confessing to you how I failed in sharing the gospel, okay? Man had a Church of Christ background. And for some reason, he wanted to keep bringing up the Lord's Supper. And I would say, uh, uh, sir, do you, do you know that you're a sinner? I would go in and begin to share the gospel with him. He says, but what I, what I want to know is why the Baptist church doesn't observe the Lord's Supper every single Sunday unless that bread and that cup is there. And I'd say, sir, but do you have a relationship with Jesus? But that bread and that cup. And then I finally said, sir, will you stop talking about the Lord's Supper? I'm trying to share the gospel with you. Well, uh, that didn't really pan out, <laughs> needless to say. I showed very little patience. But have you ever paused to think how patient God has been with you? Oh, now we all know about it since we've been saved. And how, what a wonderful promise we get to hold on to. Think about how patient God has been with us. I've been so ornery. I've been so rebellious. I've, and he's just been patient. But think about before you were saved. When you weren't underneath that grace. When you weren't covered by the blood. He was patient with you. Patient. Not drawing you with, with, with chains, but with the, the soft, tender cords of love. Bringing you toward him. Be patient when you're sharing the gospel. They may not respond the first time. Go back again. Share it again. Be patient with those who you're sharing the gospel with. Why? Because he has shown tremendous patience to us. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Do show patience when you're sharing the gospel. And if they're mean and hateful to you, be patient. It's okay. They don't hate you. They hate the one that you love. They hated him first. Be patient. You can stand up and fight. You can get angry. You can defend yourself. You can defend other people in the community. Uh, a good friend in the church has told me several times, don't defend people in the church. When you're sharing the gospel with somebody and they, and, and, and they bring up hypocrites in the church, don't defend those people. Just say they need Jesus just like you and me need Jesus. People may want to try to get you into an argument. Don't debate. Be patient. They're lost. They're dead in their trespasses and sins. Be patient. And then finally, number nine, do remember we do not fail if we witness. We do not fail if we witness. Well, my friends, there are plenty of times that we failed when we didn't witness, when we didn't attempt. A hundred percent of the people that you don't share the gospel with, you will not lead to Christ. hundred percent of them. Now, someone else may lead them to Christ, and I pray that the Lord 
would use somebody else if he won't use you. If he won't use me, if we refuse, Lord, I pray that he would use someone else to lead our friends and our family members to Christ. But you're going you're gonna to miss those opportunities. You're, you're not going to fail if you share the gospel. They may turn you away. They may hate your name. But you're not going to fail if you share the gospel. You know, there's coming a day uh, very, very, very quickly. You know, I, I tell you, this past uh, Monday night, I uh, was just dripped. I was uh, up late, and I was reading the book of Revelation, and I was thinking about things that are going on in our nation. And You know, I was just praying. I was saying, Lord, I just feel as if not just your judgment against our nation, but your wrath is just imminent. I mean, the things that we embrace... The things that our nation embraces and loves and celebrates, especially this past week, as I acknowledge the stuff, saw the stuff that's going on during Pride Week, which is all that you need to hear, right? As a believer, what is what comes after pride? Pride comes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before the fall. You know, I was just sitting there, just gripped by the coming wrath that God would justly pour out upon a nation that has so abandoned him. And the Lord just kept weighing on my heart, but who are you telling about me? There's going to come a time where we're hated. Hated. I mean, it's here. There's going to come a time when we're persecuted. You don't fail when you share the gospel. If they say no, you win. If they ridicule you, you win. If they kill you, we win. We win. Next week, we're going to look at some more practical ways of how we can share the gospel. What are certain things that we need to share when we're sharing the gospel? But this week, I wanted you to know some musts in that method. Let me pray for us and we will continue into our prayer time. Father in heaven, I thank you for your great love for us and your patience toward us. And Lord, every one of us in this room freely admit and acknowledge to you that we are not the caliber of soul winners that we ought to be. Teach us to be soul winners. Lord, convict us. And Lord, I pray that you put a conviction upon our heart that we would not be able to rest until we share the gospel with those who are around us and that we would pray for those to receive the gospel who are around us. Use us this week for your glory. And I pray that from this room, there would be many faithful witnesses who would go out today and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And by the time Sunday gets here, I pray that some of these faithful witnesses in here will have shared the gospel and people will have responded and given their life to you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to First Importance. It is our prayer that you have been blessed by this podcast. We welcome you to join us in person for worship at First Baptist West Memphis on Sundays at 1045 a.m., where our desire is to love God, care for one another, and share the gospel. 